Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. This is ahead of Saturday on ITV Racing. We will be covering all the terrestrial races and I'm joined as always by Tony Calvin, Daryl Carter and Dan Barber. Uh, let's do a very quick check-in with those three lads. Dan, I'm going to start with you because you look miserable. In no, I'm not. TV Genuinely, I've been, I've been sort of twiddling my thumbs for half an hour, not like really excited to get cracking with it. I was going to text and say, can we go early? Like a kid at Christmas, I don't know why. It's just seeing these names again. It's just, you know, you have a couple of days on track, like yesterday at Ludlow, and then, I don't know, just gives you the buzz, doesn't it? It really does. We've currently all got Clonmel on. We've just watched Alagor de Vassi bolt up. We're about to watch, hopefully anyway, Alaho do the same. Daryl Carter, I know that you lo- you're loving this time of year. I can tell by your Twitter, along with the abuse you've also been getting on there. So good times. Good times. Yeah, you yeah. Don't apply, Daryl. <laughs> yeah, good time. Jesus, that was a barrage last night. But yeah, all in good fun, hopefully. Uh, onwards we go. You had the high of coaching Carter and then you get the low of the sort of like Twitter abuse in that sense. So just got to roll with the punches, Daryl. And TC, how are you? Oh, nice little, quite a sort of decorative cup you've got there. Show us that again. Nice, lovely, big cup of tea. Looks like a nifty from a Chinese, doesn't it? It looks like you didn't buy it, that's for sure. But anyway, do you want to give us a weather update? Yeah. What, have I missed, a... what's, what's all this Twitter abuse that Daryl's been getting? Where's that from? Daryl, well, I, I knew it's for off air. What? Yeah, it's for off air. It's for off air. We'll keep oh. it clean, guys. Um, right, go on, TC, is, give us the weather. Yeah, entry soft, heavy in places on the normal mild weight course. Um, it's heavy, soft in places on the national course, and the Grand Sefton is gonna. Uh, be the uh, focal point of a 9am inspection tomorrow as they've been pumping water off it since Tuesday uh, and there's a bit more rain due uh, I suspect it may be a touch of odds against to go ahead uh, if it doesn't go ahead I'm reliably informed they will not be switching it to the mild may course which is which is the right thing to do considering punters have been betting that market on the basis it's over the national fences so um, that's the case at Aintree, Wink. Northwest Tony, it is in Manchester now, it's lobbing it down. My colleague who lives in Wallace, he says it's been steady drizzle all day, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be odds, odds against, which is a bit problematic because they're my only two bets I've had so far today uh, for Saturday. Oh, um, uh, Wink Hampton is soft, good to soft in places. Um, forecasts vary here. It's for a dry Friday and Saturday. But uh, apparently, some forecasts saying it's going to be raining there from about now till tomorrow morning. So probably working on the basis of good to soft, soft. Well, basically as it is at Wincanton. So and Newcastle is standard. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, we've got something for everyone here. We've got good flat racing up on the all weather at Newcastle, which we'll get to last. But we are going to kick off with Wincanton, which will be the main focus point for ITV on Saturday. Before we go any further, don't forget the Sportsbook offer a completely free bet on racing multiples this weekend. That's Friday, Saturday and Sunday. But you must opt in. Please do read the T's and C's and please do it responsibly. But get involved. Just do it responsibly. Thank you. Um, Let's head off to Wincanton. And our first race, the 115, is paying the four places. It's the Boodles Conditional Jockeys Handicap Chase. And 
I don't know. I, I, I can barely even start this conversation because I can't say the favorite, the current favorite's name. I'm going to butcher it and I'm going to go Hugh Goat because that's how it's spelt. But I'm fully aware that's not how it's said. <laughs> but I have listened to about seven different commentaries of this horse and I've got seven different results in how you say it. And on the basis that I didn't do French at school, I've got no hope. So we can hand over to TC who will tell us how to say this horse's name properly. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Named after a Welshman, Hugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, All right. Do you want to start then? Hugh goes yeah, a ninety-two favourite. Uh, can you pronounce the one that I like? Well, I did until the price disappeared. Uh, down the bottom. Flagrant Deliteep. Yeah, I think that's right. Because no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I kept on writing it out and I kept on writing fragrant. Fragrant. Yeah. Flagrant. <laughs> It's flagrant dilatory. Um, it's currently six to one on the sports. Yeah, it's, um, they're completely ducking it now. It was 12s at the start of the day, they clipped into nines and then they clipped into sixes. And it's, um, I think they're right to run away from it. I don't know why exactly, but um, they have done because it's a lot bigger elsewhere. But I mean, the case for it's pretty obvious. I mean, I was going to tip it anti post on Tuesday, but I couldn't because Robert Wolford had two in there. Uh, they both actually run, and Harry Kimball was jocked up on both, so I didn't. Oh. I thought one of them wouldn't run, and so I couldn't really tip it when it was evens, not to, for a no show. But I mean, the case for it is is really obvious. Uh, it's got a good win canton record, uh, two wins and four seconds from nine starts. Um, it's yeah, he didn't run that well at Plumpton, uh, but in the context of his reappearance runs previously, it was a massive performance because. He hasn't got in his five previous reappearance starts, he's never got within 24 lengths of the winner. So that was a real positive. He ran much better than he normally does, like you saw in his first run of the season. He was rated 134 um, after a course win in March 2022. He's now down to 108. Um, if there is plenty of rain around, softening ground won't be any problem whatsoever. And off that kind of mark, um, he's got to go well here. Four places. You know, the nines four places was great as it is elsewhere, but I can't really I can't really recommend a better the current sixes. I, I imagine when the exchange market really beefs up when most people will be listening to this, um, I would recommend probably a win only bet on flagrant dear Talib, but I'd want I want eight nines the market price than than the sixes current. Okay, beautifully pronounced though, so thanks, TC. Um over to you, Dan, for this, these conditional jockeys. Yeah, we're um we're parking our cars in the same garage. Oh as an American once said, oh you said garage. Um with this same horse, the price has gone a bit. I'm still gonna keep him on side at sixes win only, but at the price as we speak, my main loyalty has switched over to Venetia Silly Season. Enjoy oh, your yeah. life. Um I'm normally a massive advocate for the higher weights in handicaps because they're the better horses and they've got more class and Sometimes the weights don't take enough sort of influence on that. But enjoy your life. A three runs for Venetia over hurdles last season. I'm coming from France, winning chaser in his homeland. Venetia, at the time of recording, I think two of the last three have won and the one that didn't um, was just touched off in a novice chase over probably a, a trip on the sharp side at Ludlow. So it is that time of the year where she's got everything absolutely prepped to the nines. This horse revels in the mud based on his farm in France. And his second run in Britain was actually a really sound effort. I've got a belief he'd be a better chaser. He's only six. 
but he was second to Oscar's Moonshine. He won his next two, include both this season. And then the third horse and the fourth both went close on their next appearance. So, yeah, current price. Well, is it, first thing, if you're going to, which one I think is the more likely winner, I suppose it's better the devil you know. I know more about Flagrant Delitier, who makes these big imposing fences look like nothing because he's such a bold jumper. But I do think the, the value now at the prices we talk lies with Venetia's horse. Okay, enjoy your life is currently nine to one, Daryl. Um, mm. Are you with the boys in agreement with Flagrant Delitier, though, at sixes? Yeah, I am. I am. Oh. Um, I, 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 to be honest, when he was priced up at a double figure price, I thought it was a bit of a rick, really. Um, to be honest, I, I don't know if it's a bit more of a market correction because I, I just think there's a lot of negatives with a lot of these horses when you run through this race. I think Paul Nichols is uh, Hugh Galt, as you uh, expertly pronounced. I think he's a good ground horse, and uh, I think any cut in the ground will be, will be against him. I will just say that Wing Canton dries very, very quickly. Um, a good drainage system down there. It seems that you can go down there what, two days on a Thursday, it'll be heavy, and you can go on there on a Saturday, and it'll be approaching good to soft all over. So... Um, it might dry out if there's two dry days, but that won't be an issue to Flagrant de la Tiep. He goes on all sorts of ground. He's the best handicapped horse in the race on what he's done previously. And as Tony hit the nail on the head with that reappearance run, I thought he went well for a very long way. Uh, usually tends to need a few runs. His best efforts tend to come second half of the season. So he ticks a lot of boxes for me, um, whereas I, I struggle to make a serious case for, for many others in the field. So I still think sixes is actually okay. Okay, everyone in agreement. Lovely. Everyone on the same page start. Let's move on to the 150 at Wincanton, the Rising Stars Novices Chase. It's the grade two, and Napa's Hill is your 8-13 to favourite here. Um, Paul Nichols said in his Betfair blog that essentially, Daryl, hopefully what you've just been saying there about the drying ground will happen. He's put hopefully there isn't too much rain at Wincanton and Napa's Hill. If the forecast is right, the ground could be nearly good to soft, which would be ideal for him. He sort of goes on to say that they were pleased with that start, despite the fact he got beaten. He's come on a bundle since and he reminded listeners, now I'm reminding listeners and viewers and readers out there that Sylvain Arco Conti got beaten in the same Chepstow race before then going on to win the Rising Stars at Wincanton. So that is what Paul Nichols hopes will happen here and the drowned will keep drying. But we have a raider over from Ireland, Captain Combi at fours and Doyen Starr, who very lightly raced over hurdles, but has looked to start thus far at seven to one, making his chasing debut in here. Those just the top three in the market. Dan, I'll start with you here. Um, are you as hopeful about Nappers Hill off the back of that that first chase start at Chepstow, despite the fact he was beaten? Yeah, I am. He was up against a horse with a good level of novice form, a good level of experience, and the skeletons were sharp in exposing that and unexpected party got the ride he needed to get to lower the colours of Nappers Hill. But I thought the move that Nappers Hill made to almost get back alongside, so I think it was between three out and two out, was still quite striking. The ability is still there. He's the best of these over hurdles. I do think Captain Combi's better than he's shown or should be better than he's shown in two runs to date when you think how he was powering through those competitive handicaps like the Coral Cup and stuff. But Nappers Hill brings real graded form. It's a tried and trusted route. And the two chasing debutants, I just have a dislike of chasing debutants at Wincanton because the fences are big and they catch horses out. So hopefully Nappers Hill's experience, first experience isn't lost on him. And I suspect he'll land the odds, but I won't be betting him. 
Uh, Daryl, when we were down fil filming Coaching Carter at Paul Nichols's, I remember you telling me that you love novice chases, that they're very much your game. Um, so how are you viewing this race? Is it more competitive than the market has it at currently? I, I personally don't think so, no. I thought it was a brilliant run right. from Nevis Hill on debut behind Unexpected Party. The, the race did a good time figure, much better than our dance on the card. I didn't run into high 140s that day. And um, for a novice chase to do that first time out, is you know, it's, it's, not, it's not rare, but it's like... You know, it's not very common at all. Um, and I thought that he would learn loads from that. I thought I like the way he jumped. I like the way he quickened. He learned on the way round. Um, this is a turn in right-handed track as well. And for novices coming here, it's very difficult because if if you miss one, they they can get away from you. Those with experience can get away from you. And I hope that uh, Harry Cobbins is going to make good use of Napa's Hill. Captain Combi could be a potential danger. He does jump out to the left though. That would be a worry here at Wincanton because, as I say, you're always turning on the right-hand side. And he could end up losing loads of ground. I won't comment on the Evan Williams horse, but hopefully Napa's Hill wins. <laughs> Nicely avoided. Um, TC, do you have anything else to add other than the boys sort of with them in the sense that Napa's Hill just wins this? Well, he's eight to thirteen, so no, not at all. Um, well, the race well, is you really. Don't think cut he wins up, it? Isn't it? The race is really cut up from the five-day stage. That's why he's so short, wasn't he? You'd love to see a Mai Tai or a JPR1 here, but they, they've been pulled out. I mean, Nichols had three in, didn't he? He had three he, in at the five-day. Paul had three in, didn't he, at the five-day? Yeah, day. he had stay away, Faye, and obviously Tamuras that ran mm. deplorably the other day. Um, yeah, I, I I looked at that Camby, uh, Captain Combi run last time, and he's obviously ridden to come second to Sharjah. Um, I thought the fours with the sportsbook are nine to two in one place elsewhere is probably the more attractive bet than the favourite eight to 13, but I won't be having a punt in this. No, no bet race. What no about bet. the Badger Beers handicap chase then, TC? We'll stick with you for this. Over the three miles, one furlong. And this is another of the races at Wincanton that is paying the four places with Betfair on the sports book. So bear that in mind. And we've got Frodon back to win it again. He's topping the betting at the moment. He tops the weights. Three to one, Bryony Frost, obviously in the saddle for Paul Nichols. And second best co-favourite currently, actually, with Betfair on the sports book is three under through five for Paul Nichols as well. Three to one. Then it's Ashtown Lad, 13 to two. The big breakaway, 13 to two. Sam Brown in there at tens. Those are just your top five in the betting. I'll come to you here, TC. Nice and competitive event, unlike the last race we just spoke about. Mm. So how are you playing it? How many darts? Um, not going to have a bet in the race. I thought right. 300 through five was, it was a big price differential on Tuesday. It was sevens in the place, but the sports book, Completely wanted to duck him at eleven to four, uh, and the sports book odds compilers call this one right because obviously, as you said, he's the three to one joint with Frodon now. I think the case for him is is pretty substantial. Three under through five, he's you know a good fourth off this mark in the Scottish National. Four from four, right handed. Um, you know, you forget he went off for the fifteen to two for the Brown Advisory after winning his previous four, and obviously he blew out there, but. Um, it sounds like the windots a massive positive, um, and I just think everything's lined up for him here. Uh, but three to one in a competitive 11 runner race. Um, if he does try to go from the front, there's three other pace rivals. Um, I'd be wanting four to one plus on the exchange about three under through five before I got involved. So, uh, uh three under through five for me, but I wouldn't back him at his current price. Okay, Dan, do, you, do we think the concern here with three under three five is that his stable mate Frodon's going to be geared up for his life for this? This is his 
big chance of the season at the age of 11, trying to win it again. You just know that as a target trainer, this is what the season is about for Frodo. Whereas three under, three five, are we not thinking there's further targets down the line? Uh, yeah, maybe, but first time off a window, I do think 147 he will prove that Mark Lean. As just as we speak, live updates, Venetia just had another winner. Um, of course she has. So expect the horse in the first uh, winkers to go off four to six or something. Um uh <laughs> but I do I'm going harking back to twelve months ago and I'm expecting same story but a different ending. And I think it's another class dropper who is going to win the race this year, not Frodon. I cannot believe Frodon's threes and Sam Brown is 10 to 1. Oh. I've, I've been trying to, it almost needs, I need to document it run by run, but the BHA movements with this horse's mark are, are real puzzle, really puzzling. He ran in the in the Nash off 159. He was placed in a Charlie Hall when fresh. His record fresh is immense, really. He defied a break of about 800 days once as a young horse. I think it was at Lingfield on the Lingfield ground that it's never anything more uh, like firmer than heavy is it really um and he ran off in the national off 159 goes to punchestown his final start probably would have won i know it, the di different levels between britain and ireland but the bha run their own handicap so how is he pitching up off 152 when they viewed him as a 159 horse running the national race that was probably never going to be suitable for a horse of his age trying it for the first time so I just think the handicap has given him a massive chance. He's getting six pounds off Froden, but I think the pick of Sam Brown's form last season, the third in the Charlie Hall in particular, and maybe even what he would have done in the Pat Taff on his final start is at least a match for what Froden was doing. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm amazed he's 10 to 1. He's got block potential, but the final piece of the jigsaw, Anthony Honeybar runs four, doesn't he? So you've got Honey running four in the Badger. And the oh. Honey Badger, of course, is the, the sickest animal on the planet. <laughs> the have you ever seen that video, Honey Badger Don't Give a Shit? It'll, they'll just attack anything. Right. So headline writers rejoice. You can have Honey Badger for your headline when um, Sam Brown wins. I, I, would you back him win only? Give, or yeah, I would. Take advantage of the four places. Hmm, tough one. So, well, with that record fresh, at 10 to 1, I would back him win only. But pardon the, me, the really. 10 think... four places is the best. Best combination yeah. around with the sports book. So, yeah. yeah. I, 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 would, I actually do agree with that, the, the, the case you made. Good case. Yeah, the other thing okay. I'm thinking is his BSP probably will be a fair bit short. So I'm expecting he might go off mm, fives, 11 to two. Right. Currently 10 to one with Betfair on the sports book then. Daryl, who do you want to add into the mix? Uh, Tony's already mentioned him three under through five. I think he uh, oh. very very strong case for for him to go very well here. I mean, like his last what five runs have come in the Scottish National Autumn, a Grand National Gold, uh, Coral Gold Cup, and a Brown Advisory. This is a much much calmer calmer waters for him here. Um, Frodon's in here, which means it compresses the weight. What the weights for for three under through five? He carries just eleven stone three. Good record at this time of year, around four, four, four for six in sort of November, December, four for four right-handed. He jumps slightly out to the right, so I'm surprised it's taken this long to go back right-handed. I actually think Frodon would have been beating the race last year if uh, Lord of Corbett had not made the hash at the last. And uh, I'm, I was, I was hoping for sevens too. In all honesty, he's three to one. I think if Dan's talking about Sam Brown moving in in price, I think there's a bit of movement to come in this market. So maybe hold, hold fire for a minute and uh, see if you can get a bit bigger than the current freeze on three under three five. All right. Let's roll on then uh, to the elite hurdle. This could very much be Paul Nichols' big day on Saturday. Um, Rubo 
is up at the top of the market, four to six for that Nichols-Cobden combination, taking on Hansard for the Gary Moore team, Jamie Moore at six to four. And in the betting currently, we have West Balboa, but we very much expect her to be in action up at Aintree over the further trip. Glorious Zoff is after that at a huge price. So really, if you take West Balboa out of it, Daryl, the betting has it between Rubo and Hansard. Who are you siding with? Uh, well, I won't be siding with any of them. I won't be having a bet in this race. Um, Rubo, I, I really like him, uh, he, but he dictated the race again at, uh, at Kempton. Whether or not he'd be able to get away with that with, with Sacra Kerr in here, the skeleton runner, who, who's a pretty, pretty free-going sort, I'm not sure. Um, Hansard ran well enough at Aintree last year to think he could be competitive here. Um, so And soft ground, if it, if it does go soft or it does stay soft, that's going to be a slight concern for, for Rubo. So... There's no better race for me, Venetia. Uh, Venetia. <laughs> I tell you what, I've got Venetia. <laughs> Venetia on the mind. brain. This She's is the time of year. <laughs> well, because her Gallop de Chasse has just absolutely cost me a fortune by the head of his. Well, there's well, the noses on his head. On his what are the hairs on his nose? Um, How many noses have he got? Yeah, um, um, you know knows. what though, Dara. You mentioned you mentioned the skeletons. Like creative placing or what? When this mm. wins last time at Plumpton, who's thinking? I bet that I'll go for the elite hurdle next and try and get some black tie. They're not a, mm-hmm. There's not another yard in the country, I think, would have the creativity to go for a, horse like this, a race like this with a, a thriving mare like that. Do you want to pick up if you have a bet in the race, Dan? Or no, I don't. I, I, for me, it's one of those where I think Rubold will win the, the battle because he's fit. And yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's one of those horses. He can clatter a hurdle, but he's still quick from A to B. And these are his conditions. But I suspect long-term, Hansard might win the war. I think he's got an awful lot of ability. I can just see him giving Jamie Moore a bit of a hard time trying to settle him off a layoff fresh because he's a ex-flat horse who can take a stronghold. I say ex-flat horse, he's flat-bred. He, he ran in bumpers for Charles O'Brien, didn't he? Should we just mention that this is an absolute shocker of a race for a grade two, isn't it? Yeah. It's not a grade two, is it? It's class two, isn't it? It's a grade two, yeah. You uh, can mention that. Um... <laughs> What, what I would say, carrying on from Daryl's observation there, is it's Hansard's in the one of the, I think he's about 12s, 14s for the Greatwood uh, next weekend. And the Greatwood's got 56 grand to the winner. Now, although he pick up a penalty if he wins here, if he does win this Hansard, he wins 41 grand. And, you know, the Greatwood's wildly competitive. And this is just absolutely madness, isn't it? I mean... You talk about Skelton seeing an opportunity here. I mean, they pick up thick end of three, uh, eight grand if you're finishing his third. It wouldn't massively surprise me if that horse had a spin round here, an easy spin round here and third, and then went back over fences at Sandown on the Sunday, which he's got an entry for. So, yeah, great placing. Obviously going to cut up, but it's absolute madness. 41 grand to the winner, 56 grand to the winner of the Greatwood, and we get a virtual match. It's just madness. <laughs> Madness. Is it a race for you? Yeah, uh, I was. There is a bit of seven to. I know Sportsbook a six to four. That's a general price about Hansard. There is a bit of seven to four knocking around. I might on the if it is soft, I might side with Hansard over Rubu because I think even though he finished second on soft ground at Kempton behind Rare Edition, uh, I think Ruber is probably a better ground, a better horse on better ground. So if it is generally in soft on Saturday and there's a bit of 74 knocking around Hansard, I might side okay. with uh, the Gary Moore horse. Just quickly, he might be worth looking at him no. running, actually. 
No, no. we're moving on from this Thanks. now because I've okay. been giving the chivy along. Wincan with last race at Wincanton TC. I want you to start with this mare's handicap hurdle. Lime Avenue again for that combination. Paul Nichols, Harry Cobden is two to one. Uh, I love the nightlife after that at seven to two. Vicky Vale in there also off the back of a wind up nine to two. Plenty of time. Sid Jose's horse at fives. Uh, take it away, please. Do you have a bet in this race? If not, we'll move on. I don't, so I was going to have a make a case for something, but as we're short on time, move on. No bet. Okay, what about you, Daryl? No bet. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> and Dan, um, please tell me that you have a bet. Do you, want me, do you want me to pad it out a bit now we've rushed? No, um, no, no. no. Actually, you're out. actually scaring me, Vanessa. Will you stop shouting at me? Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm with Vicky Vale. Okay. Um, I like the angle of first time back off a wind up. I suspect that she got half-bottomed in that cello on terrible ground, and I suspect she wasn't the same horse for the rest of the season, despite the fact she ended up signing off with a win. Wind up, five-pound claim. Surely, again, talk about Skelton, he wouldn't run a horse if he thought it was worth, what, 118 in a cello, would he, a mare? Surely she's better than she's shown so far, and I wonder if getting her back fresh, even with the stable not 100% firing, I don't think, um, I thought she was the way to go at the at the prices for definite. Okay, Vicky Vale then. Uh, TC, let's go back to you then and jump up to Aintree. We've obviously already flagged up weather conditions and issues up there, but we will focus in on the Grand Sefton uh, to start with over there, which is another race that is paying the four places with the sports book, Betfair sports book. So bear that in mind. And Gez Keel is your 130 favourite to go one place better than last time. Obviously has the experience over the fences. Fantastic lady in there at nine to two. Cooper's Cross at 13 to two. Those are your top three. And talk about a disappointing show, TC. Just 11 for the Grand Sefton. That feels well, this very... podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say it feels like a uh it just it just feels like a bit of a sorry affair. I feel um, like over the national fences you want to see a big field. Um well there was only 16 at the five day stage, so I think that they'd have they'd have settled for eleven uh at uh, at that juncture, especially with the forecast like it is. Like I said, nine a.m. Yeah, that's probably not help. That's fair, that's fair. Nine a.m. inspection on, on Friday. Um depending when you're looking at it. We already really lost it. Um I'm too scared to say no bet, so I'm going to say I've, I've had two bets in the race, thankfully. <laughs> like I said, uh, you're scaring me. I don't, me I don't, bet. Mean, I don't not, need to rule. It's not gambling don't... week soon. You, you can't be just like forcing people into recommending <laughs> when they don't want to. But no, I don't want to rule this podcast by making people scared, all right? You're allowed mm -hmm. to say your piece, but I am running scared of the bosses above. You see how this works? So I have to knock on the fear factor to you guys. That's how this goes. Working. Okay. Um, got a lot of respect for Jess Kill, last year's runner-up. Uh, yeah. But I think his price is pretty much what he should be, around about the 372 mark, 130, in fact, I think. Uh, I've backed two horses in the race. Um, the first one is Frero Bonbu uh, for... Is Venetia Williams informed, Dan? I don't... Oh, <laughs> I'm sure about that. Um, like a dog with two. Yeah, um, Ten to one with a sports book. Uh, same price on the exchange. I thought Ferro Bomber is is very interesting. The angle here is the step up in trip, obviously. And I always thought he was a two and a half mile all throughout last season. And, and when he got it in the plate, he bombed out massively. But 
I'm not sure all was well with him that day because he was trading in single figures in the morning and he went off at a bet for SP of 22.22. He was an enormous drifter near the off and he just ran really, really flat. Now, he's down to a mark of 133. They're stepping him up in trip. It's going to be near unraceable ground, which you'll absolutely love. Um, you know, heavy ground winner. And I'm convinced he's more of a two-mile four-horse, two-mile five-horse than a two-miler. Like so if that kind of mark with a training form, etc., I think he's a, a good bet, a double-figure price. I'm playing win only two horses. I'm not, I'm not totally sold on the ground with percussion, even though he's one from one on officially heavy ground, because all his best forms come on better ground. But given the mark of 128, uh, given that's five pounds lower than when third in the race last season, he's a guaranteed stayer uh, over much further, which you'll need to be in these conditions. And uh, obviously he's went on to be third in the beach as well as a Grand Sefton. Uh, and I just think he's he's handicapped to play a massive role here. A little bit concerned about the ground, but like I said, he is one from one from heavy. And it, it was good to see Laura Morgan, who I've got a lot of time for. I think Dan has as well. Um, she had her first winner for it's May, I think. Yeah, I think it was May. It was May. I think it was June, I think. She had her first winner at Musselburgh on Wednesday, which is always a she's had some horses run well, like not long till May, but um that that's another positive. So I'm playing two win only, both on the sports book, both ten to one. Prero Bombo and Percussion. I hope the race is I hope the race is on. I remember Are the you... percussion race, V Jeez, when um Pontwell, like... wasn't it? I mean, yeah, the percussion racing one. That it's one of those that you wouldn't want people outside racing watching, really. But um God. in the old days of question of sport, it would have been a what happened next. It was like the the, the issue I've got with that, I mean, that Fontwell run on, on very, very bad ground, he was winning off the mark of 108. So mm. And right. he, he was, to be fair, he was seven lengths down, I think, in the last one. In the front two, just yeah. stopped to an absolute standstill. It was uh, remarkable. The one that led over the last was pulled up, wasn't it? <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Okay. The finishing okay, speed time. was about 69%. All right, well, who wins the Grand Sefton then? Uh, is it him or something else, Dad? Well, I've got some unfiltered form figures. Oh. This is just reading out Half Shot's recent record. And the seven in amongst this is a Scottish national where he blatantly didn't stay. One, one, three, two, 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 seven, two. Beautiful. Just uh, what a what a um, bit of training this has been for me and Jardine. This horse has been thriving now. He had a break, came back. He's still thriving. Got chinned on his return by Destiny is all. But I'm just convinced that they've, he's not an out-and-out -out stay. He might just not find regardless of the trip and maybe the long running on bottomless ground We'll just see the same thing happen. But he has had, he's basically been running out of his grade. He's a sort of horse that if they'd run him in a knot to 125 around somewhere like Musselburgh, he would have won by him. He'd have won a minute. He just would. He was just in such good form. But he's run against the likes of Bill Baxter, Elvis Mayo, you know, like really progressive horses in their element in, over staying trips and stuff. So I just think he's in really good nick. And after another sound effort on his return, He's finally dropping down in distance, and yeah, he's a back to lay at the very least. If I've he gets got, into a rhythm, I've got him down as four horses that won't like the ground. I mean, I've got it that's is, why I think I think we might get non-runners here. I think Cooper's mm. Cross I can't have on the ground. Fantastic lady, I think there's a severe doubt about that. And what's the other one? Oh, Minella Trump, and I'd, I'd actually put percussion in there as well, possibly. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I think one of a few horses that just won't like the grounds. So. 
That was my mum reservation about him. Mom. Yeah, I, I'd assume it wasn't so testing because he does travel well, but he's he's not really had that many goers on it. So we'll say anyway. All right, half shot then seven to one currently with the sports book for Ian Jardine. Daryl, who's your Sefton winner? Uh, well, it's, the ground is the issue, but I, I, I don't see there being a better handicapped horse in here than Cooper's Cross. Um, highly progressive. They was actually going to come to this race last year, but um, but they didn't come. Um, I, I looked at his soft ground form. I thought he would have beaten Manila Drama at uh, Musselboro on soft ground, but for a mistake at the final flight. I know it was over two and a half, but he travelled so well in this in the in the was it the Topham um, in April, and um, it was too far out to say how where he would have finished. But he was travelling very, he was warming into the race at every fence, and uh, he was going very well um, before he got a bash by the machine, and, and he came down. He's surely, surely he's well handicapped off one hundred thirty six. He was brilliant second in the uh, in the Scottish National. Um, he's got a great record fresh. Yeah, they talk. They like some of the trainer comments from him are talking about like the national. You know, you're going to need to be rated like 146, 147 to even consider getting in the national. So they're not going to be able to waste too many opportunities. Um, I, it's just very. I understand the ground is an issue. And I'd rather it join out, but it's just hard for me to get away from him. I think he's. I think he's so well handicapped. So I'll probably okay. just take my medicine if he if he if he gets stuck I'd, in. I'd be surprised if he ran. They pulled him out twice on heavy ground before and. Yeah, if that would be the case, I would have a look at Born by the Sea. I thought Runner Screamer in, in the national finishing sixth there. Um, mm. Current form wouldn't worry me at all because she yeah, he bounced out of uh, two poor runs to run that sixth in the national. Um, looks fairly weighted, three pound lower. Great place form on soft ground behind the lights of Easy Game. So the the Irish Raider would be the the, the alternative choice if Cooper's Cross came out. All right. Uh, last race, well, the other race for us to look at at Aintree is the 320. It's the two-mile full furlong uh, hurdle. And this is where we expect to see that doubly declared West Balboa for the Skeleton Yard. 11 to 10 shears at the top of the market, making her seasonal reappearance after having such a good time of it last year and being so well-placed. She's taking on the sort of inconsistent, I think it's fair to say, brewing up a storm for the Ollie Murphy Yard at 11 to 8. And then they are taking on Miller's Bank, who's dropping back to hurdles, having been seen chasing much more recently. He is currently four to one. So just the three of them, which is a disappointing turnout, Daryl. Um, if West Balboa goes here, is this just hers for a canter round and the win against these guys? No, no, not at all. I don't think so. I think it's far more competitive than the prices suggest. Um, okay. I think I think the pair of these behind her would have won that handicap if they were running off 135 last year. Um, I think he's mentioned inconsistent about brewing up a storm, but I've got some form figures to rival Dan's ones from earlier on. So right. this is brewing up a storm in fields of uh, six or less over her oh, when, he, when he's completed. Filtered, filtered yeah. Figure. Yeah, filtered. You have to filter them to the conditions of the race. Uh, yeah. One, two, two, one, 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 one. So... Obviously, he enjoys a few of those twos in there. Oof. Yeah. Well, I tell you, he obviously enjoys a small field, but he is under a penalty, and he did finish behind Miller's Bank at Aintree when the last time Miller's Bank ran behind Abacadabras in the Mersey Hurdle um, a year, eighteen months ago, or whatever it was. And Miller's Bank's form figures with eight or eight or less runners, uh, including in a, in a Grade One, which he won here at this track, five two two one two one one two two. 
So I think it's quite a competitive race. I'm, I think Miller's Bank is the value. Six pounds better off with brewing up a storm for beating that horse um, at this track over hurdles uh, as a good record fresh. And uh, I'm hoping for a bit of a bounce back from Miller's Bank. I think it's a little bit of value at four to one. All right, TC, would you concur? Is that the way? Are you looking away from the favourite here to play this race? Do you think it's a good bit of placing by the Alex Hales team for Miller's Bank here? Yeah, I've got a forward figure for you. One, November the 11th, Aintree, Miller's Bank. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Okay, straight up. Miller's Bank, four to one uh, currently for both Daryl and TC. Do you have anyone else to add into the mix, Daniela? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. You went on a date with a blind date with someone called Daniela. <laughs> Barber turned up. You'd be fucking livid, wouldn't you? With his hairy chest. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's no way um, you've got a hairy chest. I'm not going to show it, but um, yeah, Miller's Bank is. Um, yeah, I, nothing would surprise me in this. Frankly, I think it's really, really tough. I mean, maybe the value at the prices is with Millers as a rag of the field. I think it's going to be brewing up a Storm's early cup final. They'll have him ready. He won it two years ago and the, might have won it last year if he didn't fall over early. Um, this is sort of his, his bread and butter. He's got to give weight to two horses that might be, be slightly better treated than him. But I think I'd have made him, maybe made him favourite. But I'm again, I, th- I found this very hard. I could see any of the three winning it. That's the first time okay. anybody's ever questioned your hairiness, Dan. I, I watched uh, Tarzan with my grandson on Tuesday. <laughs> and you look some you make some of those gorillas look bald. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, my brother dart... calls it the Moss Banquet. <laughs> wow. Can we dart up to Newcastle very quickly, boys? Daryl, I'm gonna start with you here for the listed race at Newcastle, the 130. It is over the 10 furlongs and it is another of the sportsbook races that is paying the four places here. And we've got four, the full field of 14 runners, so nice and competitive, something to get stuck into. And a load of these, I think it's four of these fillies, are meeting again, having recently lined up and either been beaten by or beating Um at Newmarket. So Veil of Shadows was in there and finished second. She's the 11 to 4 favourite here. Uh, drawn next to her is Mukadma uh, from the Varian Yard at 6 to 1, finished way down the field in that Novus race at Newmarket. Uh, Persist is in there, also finished way down the field at Newmarket at 7 to 1. So a load of these horses coming to take battle at each other again. But Veil of Shadows is currently the very clear cut favourite. So how are you playing it, Dad? I like I like uh, Sound Angelina. Um, I think she never really kicked. She was really impressive here when she won a uh, handicap debut, like making a mockery of the assessor off eighty four. Never really kicked on. I mean, she had a good couple of races after that in Group and Listed Company, but she's just pretty much been solid rather than progressive. And I'm definitely I'm I'm sure there's further ability to to be unlocked. And I wonder if coming back on the all weather. Um, will just spark a bit more improvement in her returning to Newcastle. Um, could just be the ticket for her. She she just catches my eye in every single race she runs, and I'm just sure there's a bit more to come from her. Uh, so it's not a strong case at all for Sandra Angelina, but um, she would be the way I'd play it if I was going to have a bet. Okay, Sandra Angelina in here for the varying yard at sevens. TC, are you having a bet in this race? Um. I thought Sound Angela was sevens, four places, was very, very solid. I think it's ah. a really, really tricky race, so you can make a case for loads, obviously, which is why you're getting four places. 
Yeah, Sound Angeles, seven to four places would be the most attractive bet. Uh, and yeah. I am looking at Rousset. Um, there's a bit of tens knocking around for that one. Um, I thought that might be the way to approach it, those those two against the field. But not, ha- not had a bet yet, I must admit. All right. Uh, let's move on then to the Wentworth Stakes, the listed six furlong contest up at Newcastle. And Dan, I know you wanted to give a line on Sense of Duty, who is the nine to four favourite. Of course, we saw her career best effort here at Newcastle over the course of distance before she had all that time off the track. And I'm not sure we're disappointed with her yet on her comeback run. She takes on Brad the Brief in there for Hugo Palmer at fours, Al Bashir at sevens, Juan Lapin's in there at eights. And then after that, there's some bigger prices thereafter. So are you with or against sense of duty here, really? Because could she just be a cut above these back at this track? Yeah, I'd be weird if I was anything. I thought that. I think you—that's you, the angle, isn't it? Um, bottomless ground, probably no use to her. She might not retain her ability, but remember what she did to Anaf in this race. Yeah, uh, in um, the chip chase, sorry, chip over chase. course and distance, it was a complete demolition job. And if she's going to bounce back, I think it's away from the away from the mud. I suspect if she blows out, they'll probably just call time with a without one sound like Prince Naz that time when he said a boxer should retire on the spot. Um, <laughs> I, I think. I think that might be a possibility if she doesn't do more because, as you said, Vanessa, this is there are no excuses this time, are there, anyway? No. No, exactly. And and I think, you know, they've brought her back as a four-year-old to, you know, they could have retired her when they, uh, when she obviously had the setback. They've brought her back to try and win something. It's not gone ideally to plan. But, Dan, um, are you looking to bet against her here or do you think do you have a bit of confidence that this will see her back in a winner's enclosure yeah I'd better win only I wouldn't have any hesitation really right Daryl what about you I would leave her alone uh, to be oh. honest uh, yeah I, I, look I think that she could well bounce back but she's priced as such you know she's priced sort of very conservatively um, with the with the notion that she could potentially do what she did in the Chipstead Stakes, but she's also priced to tempt people in a little bit just in case she doesn't. So I would rather... Oh, I'm going to say him again. Al Bashir each way at 7-1. Oh, Look, You're going to change your name, but... aren't you, to Alan Bashir? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But perhaps it, perhaps it was me and my sort of like... I don't know, cliff horse sort of behaviour with him because the, the conditions at, at York last time were perhaps not in his favour and uh, perhaps not the time before either in the Air Gold Cup. So I'm, I'm happy to sort of, I'm happy to give him another chance here. His dam was listed place on your weather. She's by Shamadale. They've got a good, Shamadale's got a good strike rate on your weather. It doesn't seem to be any excuses. This is probably slightly easier than deep handicaps the last twice. I'm getting an each way price about him. I only need one to bomb out really for him to to have realistic chances of being in the in the frame. Or, or, can I just confirm? Can I just confirm that his one victory at York, well, <laughs> his, his dead his the run at York was the one time you didn't back it this season. No, 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 I did. I did back him there. Oh, I did good. back him, but I had to share the spoils, didn't I? Because it was a dead heat. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I don't, I don't, I feel cheated a little bit there. So I'm, I'm on a mission to claim that other half back. Yeah, you have been some along. Yeah, <laughs> be rolling into next year. Daryl still be banging on about Alvashir. Anyway, Alvashir is currently seven to one with the sports book. Uh, TC, last word to you on the Wentworth Stakes. Um, 
I'd like to be drawn high on the rail. I think Sophia Starlight might get the run of the race from 11. The problem is there's three other pace angles against her. But I thought the 11, if you wanted a back to lay, maybe Sophia Starlight at 11s and look to look to get rid of it at threes and two to one might be an angle into it. But you have to fear sense of duty after what she did in the chip chase. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, the 11s is top price sports book about Sophia Starlight and... Um, Ran well on these only other previous start of the uh, the track. So, yeah, severe starlight for me, 11s. But I'll be looking to get rid of it at twos and threes in running. OK. Um, last word then on the last race, the 345 at Newcastle, the November handicap. Also paying the four places. TC, I will stick with you for this. Local dynasty is the favourite. Seven to two off a break for the Appleby Yards. Can he win this? Yeah, certainly. Um, very competitive race. Um I put up Thursday get 25s each way four places on Tuesday. Uh, so I'm very happy with that position. 12s with the sportsbook is a lot bigger elsewhere. So I won't be pressing up at the current price. But I mean, the case for him is I thought he was a standout at 25s. I mean, he, he's down to a mark of 90 on the weather. He was 104 in his pomp. Um, and he's been running well on turf of late, uh, albeit of not much lower marks, but all his best forms on, on the all-weather. So it doesn't bother me that. I thought he shaped really well at uh, York last time over an extended mile two. I think the step up to a mile four will suit. Um, he's a course winner. Like I said, he's he's a bit of an all-weather specialist, but he hasn't, hasn't run on the all-weather only a couple of times in the last two years. So off a mark of, seven, off a mark of 90, I think Fursey, I think he'll drift from his current 12s in the sports book. I was looking to um, have a fresh bet in Tamusius Fox, but uh, the problem is sports book of fives, totally ducking him again. But the case for him is, I think it's considerable. Uh, I imagine he'll, he will drift on the exchange, and in which case I'll, I'll just have to back him on the day rather than tip him. But he's, he's £3 lower than when going off 92 favourite for the Duke of Edinburgh. Ran well when we last saw him in August. Um, got course form. And I think crucially, they've let they they've backed off him since August. And all his oh, I think he's a horse that's really, really well, goes really well when fresh. So if you can get sevens or eights to Musius Fox win only on the exchange, which you can get fixed odds wise, I think that's the way to play it. So um okay. like like with most of these, I'm probably gonna end up playing on the day on the exchange win only uh, rather than the current prices. Okay, cool. Um, last word then to you, Daryl, on this. Do you have any other names you'd like to throw into the mix away from the favourite or if, if you fancy the favourite, the favourite here? Local I actually fancy Tomasius Fox. I thought the oh. case was very, very strong. Kev would love this because the racing league is getting a mention in, the, uh, in November <laughs> here, but beaten three lengths by uh, Spirit Dancer when we last see him in August, that horse is now £10 higher in the handicap. Tregoni, the the, uh, the third, was fifteen. is now £15 higher. This horse got no run whatsoever, had to wait for an age, and then was coming all too late at the finish. I just, like like, like Tony said, he's, he, the, the, the coming here fresh spot is by, definitely by design. Um, he's a course winner at the track. Like, he, there's lots to like about him, I think, his chances. I'll just give a good mention to the outsider of the entire field as well, Pryden. Um, Sean Levy's on board. This horse had a tremendous season, sort of without getting getting the the, the reward for his hard work. But he's a free time winner on the all weather. Uh, they return with cheek piece on after having a bit of a break. He was on the go quite, um, uh, you know, he was highly tried throughout the season. But 
he wasn't far off uh, live live your dream at Newmarket in a Bet365 trophy there. That's a decent piece of form in the context of this race. I think there could still be a bit of scope in his mark off 96 returns to your weather. He's only had seven starts. So 25 to one. I'll probably play him because Tomasius Fox was nine to one when I uh, started writing him up, but he's now obviously five to one on the sportsbook. So I'm probably going to walk away from him and back the outside of the field. Okay. Thank you very much. Before we do naps, give you guys a second to decide. Don't forget the sportsbook offer this weekend. It's a completely free bet on racing multiples Friday, Saturday and Sunday. You must opt in. Please do read the T's and C's and please gamble responsibly. Naps. Daniela, I will start with you. Your nap, please. I shall go by the hairs on my chinny chin chin. <laughs> this is tough. This is bloody tough, this. Um I will go Sam Brown. Oh. Okay. I was close to Vicky Vale, but I'll go Sam Brown. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that for some reason. Um Daryl, over to you, please. Your nap, please. Yeah, for the last time this season. And ever probably no. out this year. Albert, <laughs> it won't be ever. You'll back him next year. Oh, I won't. That's it. After after this, we can't win this. He'll be back. And we'll still win be in place, please, Barry. Anything. If you're listening, win in place. Win and place. <laughs> place part very important. <laughs> At least we can't falter Daryl's commitment. I like it. You know, this is a man who recently got married. Look how committed he is to this horse. If he's that committed to his wife, he'll go far, won't he? Uh, TC, last uh, night to you. As we are judged at Bet for SP, I was I will toss up between Tamusius Fox or Flagrant Deletier, and I will go on Flagrant Deletier in the one fifteen at Wincanton. Hopefully, we will get a big wild drifter on the exchange. Beautifully pronounced, and we'll know our fate for TC's nap pretty early on Saturday. Uh, boys, thank you very much, as always. Listeners and viewers out there, you know, thank you. Gamble responsibly. Have a good weekend, and join us again on Monday when we will be back with Wade in to discuss all from the week that has been. But for now, have a good one. That was Racing Any Better. <laughs> <laughs>